Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Says the guy that doesn't edit any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hammer's dong. Hammer's dong. He comes like the wild when the rain comes. (laughs) Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level 318 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. That's right, friends. Zuh means more friends. And today I am joined by none other than Marshall Danny, he of the Greater Fuzzball Territories. Howdy, folks. And the Earl of Blueberry, Benjamin Bluford Blue the Fourth, also known as Hammer's Dong. A good evening. And uh we won't ask about the Hammer's Dong other than it he comes when the rain comes. Uh the rain makes him blue, and he comes. So, <laughs> wow, coming ah, dark. That's my okay. secret look. I'm always blue. Good <laughs> misquoting Benjamin Bluford Blue the Fourth to uh, tie into what we join together today to talk about, and mm. that is drum roll, please. <laughs> That is uh, the She-Hulk, the uh, the Disney Plus nine-episode show known as She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a spoiler episode, a little bit close to the end. Although by the time this goes up, it'll have been three weeks because it's been a week this week. Uh, so I'm gonna go up next to so two weeks. I don't know. We're we're getting it recorded. We're getting up soon, and uh, yeah, because yeah, we want to. We want to get these dots out while it's still semi-fresh because other shows are going. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not TV. stopping. That's true. Yeah, just today, I was like, okay, I was like, Rings of Power is finished. I was like, House of Dragon finishes this Sunday. Uh, Andor is like halfway through. I said, I'm good. And then I was like, oh, crap, I haven't started watching that interview with the Vampire Show. <laughs> like so Last night, Heather was like, do you, do you know there are 17 episodes of Stargirl on our DVR? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, there's there's plenty plenty to watch, uh, but uh, I guess that's a bad good problem to have. Yeah, like yeah. I guess the the opposite is like, guess I'll watch The Office again. And hey, if that's your thing, that's okay. <laughs> it's just to me yeah. sounds like death. So yeah, like, e two. You know, there's good shows out there, right? Yeah, I mean, if someone loves it, that's fine. I guess some people love that that true sitcom or you know whatever whether it's friends or the office or i like parks to rec is funny although i've only seen like five episodes um but yeah like me uh give me a classic sitcom or i like big bang theory uh i, I like a sitcom like she hulk so there you go i don't hate the sitcom that's why i like wandavision so much because of all that homages to the sitcoms but you know we're not talking about other shows we're here to talk about that close to 30 minutes a week lawyer procedural sitcom that uh that Marvel Television gave us. 
yeah. the MCU TV gave us. And uh, they're all mad about. Just, who, just say who, it, bro. You're, you already dropped the beans last episode. K-E-V-I-N gave us. Indeed. And we, we will definitely get there. But I think it, uh, it'd be fun uh, starting with either one of you two gentlemen just to do some initial thoughts. Or like, it's finished, and what do you think? Or what did you think before? And what do you think now? Whatever. I don't care. With your best okay, that, Blue, go. Is that Thunderdog that just dropped out? No, man, that was a little Barney. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was Barney. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was nice. It made me laugh. It made me giggle. Uh, I liked the uh, fourth wall breaking. It felt very uh, She-Hulk comic booky. Um, yeah, yeah, I felt it. It was cool. <laughs> nice. I mean, concise, but nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't think what I was it, able to finish my sip. What uh, what so did you what did you think before, like when you knew there was going to be a She-Hulk show, Blue? Uh, I was hoping that they were going to. Actually, I was kind of hoping that they were going to do exactly pr- pretty much what they did. I was hoping for something that was going to be silly, um, and funny because I remember the She-Hulk I grew up with in the funny books was always very much. Like one of the panels I remember the most is uh, Wolverine. They're like fighting off some bad guy and Wolverine is there with her. And, and he's like, yo, I used to do this move with Colossus. It's called the fastball special. Just grab me. And she's like, what? And he's like, just grab me. And she grabs him and she goes, she goes, Logan. And he's like, what? And she goes, you have such a nice ass. And then she throws him. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, bruh, She-Hulk is DTF. And then they slept together, and I was like, word, She-Hulk is DTF, that's hot as fuck, to my young teenage brain. Because <laughs> she is. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I mean, as as a lot of humans are. Yep, that's true. Mr. Denny, uh, initial thoughts, uh, what you thought before the show even existed? Before, before I knew it existed, I would have no thoughts if I thought about the show before it existed, because I wouldn't have known it existed. Well, like when you when you first saw the announcement, there's going to be a She-Hulk show. So as soon as they casted Tatiana Maslany, I was all in. Um, she's just the right amount of like dorkiness and goofiness for Jen Walters. That I was like, oh, that's 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 perfect. Like. I think there was a rumor um, out there when the show first got announced that they were looking for an, um, uh, God damn it, I totally just forgot her name, Allison Brie, an Allison Brie type. And so it's like, oh, okay, I know what they're kind of looking for. Like someone goofy, dorky, cute, but like charming. And mm-hmm. um, as soon as she got cast, I was a big fan of Orphan Black. Um, that show was just completely rad. And I don't really think, I mean, I know she won an award, but I don't think people credit Tatiana Maslandi for the work that she did on Orphan Black and the kind of range that she displayed. So as soon as she was casted, like, this show was a hit. Now, like, I'm with Blue. Like, She-Hawk needs to be weird. It needs to be, I guess, for Deadpool-esque mm-hmm. um, with, you know, 
the comedy breaking the fourth wall, kind of all the stuff that Deadpool is known for, except without the violence that Deadpool's known for. Um, so that was kind of what I was expecting. And not only did I, I get got that, I got more. They they really just went into the campiness and the silliness of She-Hulk, which is, I guess, will be on another topic. But, like, I don't know why people hate the show. Because, like, it wasn't just people, like, if you are not familiar with She-Hulk comics, I get it. Because you just had no idea what you were getting. But if you read Funny Bones growing up like we have, and you've picked up a couple She-Hulk comic books, like we have, you knew what the fuck you were getting in. So, like, for some of these hardcore long-term comic book fans to to have gripes about She-Hulk, like, I just think it's just utter bullshit. And I'm glad they wrote this series for you because it's just dumb as shit. Because this was probably one of the most comic-accurate projects that Marvel has done to date. Okay. Gavel. The Marshall's spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I when I heard the news, I was like, okay, like I'm down for it. It's a it's an interesting choice, but all right, here we go. And I wondered, like you know, like in the comics, like she she does some interesting stuff. And I was like, will they will they stay true, or are we just you know gonna get a Hulk story that happens to be a lady? And then of course, like you, Danny, with Tatiana Maslany. I was like, oh my, I came late to the Orphan Black Train, but God, I love that show. And she's so freaking talented. And like, while I didn't watch that Perry Mason show, when you were telling me she was on it, that was enough to be like, dude, I should watch that show. Like, yeah. she's dope. Um, So I was just like, yeah. And then, of course, it's like, she's not. She is. She's not. And I was like, whatever. We'll figure it out when she is. But she probably is. <laughs> uh you know, and coming into it, I was like, I, you know, they said comedy, they said sitcom, they said, you know, situational lawyer procedural. I was like, we'll, we'll see what they can do. You know what I mean? And just uh, week after week after week, I smiled, I laughed, uh, I, I, I adapted the CGI into my brain. And uh, yeah, like, and then just, wow, just finale, uh, the, Wow, yeah, loved it. It was so good. And watched it again just to make sure that it wasn't just like me wanting to love it. I was like, nope, I just really, really enjoy this. Uh and uh overall just I was like, wow, what a what an interesting self-aware meta entry into the MCU that uh as much as I love it, I do have questions about future stuff. Um, but that's not to say the show's bad. It's just like, you know trying to wrap my brain about this existing and its place within the the greater confines of the MCU storytelling um, and just loved it. Like, and got to, Heather enjoyed the piss out of it the entire time we were watching it. And we watched it together and we waited several, you know, days sometimes when she couldn't watch it immediately. Uh, she gave up some sleep to watch it. Like it just was a, a great show we enjoyed together. I think she was a little bit more confused than me with the finale. But once I explained, she was like, oh, that's neat. Cool. You know what I mean? And that, that should be the answer when you hear it. Like a guy at work today when I was like, did you read the comics? He's like, no. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about this comic called She Dies or He Dies. And like explain to him what happened in that John Byrne run. And he was like, really? And I was like, really? And he was like, oh, well, then that makes much more sense. And I'm like, uh-huh. Sure does. You should read an internet article or two. But uh, yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it very much. And I'm glad uh, glad we're all on the same page. That's refreshing. Yep. Uh, probably makes it more difficult because we we don't have counterpoints to to jump off of 
but uh, how do how do we want? I don't want to go episode by episode, but uh, I do think it would be interesting, and I could throw it to Danny first. Nine episodes. What was your favorite? Do you have one? Favorite episode? Oh, yeah. God. Um, I think it would probably. Oh, fuck, that's tough. It's because it's either between the wedding episode or the first episode. And, okay. And, and the first episode I love because it kind of shows like I guess you could if you look at it a certain perspective through like yeah they probably emasculated Bruce Banner right because everything just came so easy to She-Hulk like being Hulk was easy for Jennifer and it was so difficult for Bruce to maintain and all that stuff and when when she dropped that line like you know shouldn't you be angry and she answers you know with the woman's perspective of like how shitty men are in this world and like she's always angry and she's just used to being like it's just that like that perspective that she threw out like it was fucking beautiful it was such it was so well timed that it, it just hit the right note it was it was it was a beautiful scene um and kind of just like the world's perspective perspective on quote unquote hulks right because she's not she didn't self-proclaim herself She-Hulk like the world did, but she just considers herself a Hulk. So, like, Hulks are viewed as destructive, uh, manic uh, monstrosities, and she just wants to be a normal person and just kind of negotiating that and kind of them tackling that on the the, the first episode and kind of the duality of, you know, when can she be Jen or when can she be Hulk? um was great and then i like the wedding one because i feel like that part was wrapped up in the wedding storyline um because with the um her friend wanting just jen there and no she hulk but yet she can't run away from that because it's part of her personality it's part of who she is and that's all you know so it's just her dealing with that duality of her two personalities now that are the same um yeah so those are my two okay all right, Blue. Do you uh do you agree? Do you have a different opinion? Uh, those are really good episodes, but I think my favorite episode would have to be. I think it was either six or seven when she goes to um Emil's, like say, oh. yeah, um when she actually goes out and she's there on a mission, you know, and then she ends up seeing Wrecker again and talking to the porcupine and the other guys and. They're all like when she actually has to is kind of like convinced to sit down and um, sit with her feelings about, you know, all this bullshit that's happening to her. Because it is a lot of bullshit. It's it's a lot that she's having to deal with. I mean, her whole world just got turned upside down. And now she has to deal with like she didn't want to be a superhero. She didn't want to be, you know, a Hulk. But now that she is, it's like, how does she reconcile the two? And kind of being forced to sit down with a bunch of dudes who are the most, like, non-toxic dudes ever with actual dudes who are human beings about it. I think it. I think the fact that she was speaking to a bunch of guys who are, like, not the usual type of guys that she has to, like, deal with all the time was also kind of therapeutic for her because she, you know, she just came off of that 
dealing with that doctor dude who was like, oh, yeah, you're really hot and I, I want to be with you and blah, blah, blah. And then she came out as Jen and he was like, oh, no, Jen's not my type. I, I like She-Hulk, not not Jen. And I was like, oh, that son of a bitch. But, um, yeah, that entire scene of her, like, talking it out with them and then going to, to like, the sauna hut or the yoga hut or whatever. And fucking, like, yeah, the yurt and just chilling out inside of there. I was like, hell yeah, girl. Like, you need some you time. Like, fucking relax for a second. And uh, I know you're you're super angry, but you're also angsty, and you need to like like you know breathe, breathe for a second. I that I think that was my favorite episode because I could relate. That was that was a solid yes. episode. Yeah, it tr- truly was. I mean, do I really need to tell you guys what my favorite episode was? I mean, yeah, it's this format. I, oh, I I was saying, can, can you not guess what my favorite episode was? The last episode, Matt Murdock. It was number eight, <laughs> rip it and rip it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, with the, I know you didn't watch, you don't watch trailers, Danny, uh, but with like the, the little sneak that like, you know, Daredevil's going to be in the show. Of course, everybody's wondering when I was willing to wait for when it was done and done right. And then there's a, you know, the little tease with the fashion guy of the helmet mm-hmm. at the end. And I was just like, oh, it's fucking, it's the ketchup and mustard. Those, those are Jen's words, not mine, but like. <laughs> It's the classic Daredevil, like freaking on my Marv Wolfman picture that like Blue got for me when we went to Long Beach Comic Con. Like it's just yep. pretty. But I, I had a lot of questions like, you know, we we barely saw him in uh, Spider-Man. You can't go home again. There's no going home. Home again. Five. Um, so like we got to see lawyer and got to see him catch a can or a brick or whatever. But I was like, how does Matt Murdock and his action and everything fit into the MCU. This is my first taste. And I was curious and a little nervous, uh, especially with like the tone of the show. And then all of that was just laid aside as it gave us a great She-Hulk episode and a really, really great guest star and a really, really stupid, silly villain. You know what I mean? That also like speaks to some greater issues that the show like does a really good job of like touching on, but not being too heavy handed. Uh, and yeah, because I was so surprised with what? that too. Uh, I was surprised. Remind me to uh, bring that back up when you're done. Okay. But like, like blue was saying, you know, like I, I saw, I've seen way too much slut shaming from the intelligentsia crowd that's watched the show. Um, but you know, I, Jen, that is one of her things that she she does like a little bit of uh, horizontal mambo action. And uh, with Daredevil and with that obvious chemistry, I was like, oh, please let her Hulk smash. Please. God, let her get in them sheets so he can just feel every inch of her. You know what I mean? Because he's blind, right? He's got to use a tactile tactile. Uh, but, and it was done nice and well and not like, you know, it's, it's a, a semi G rated like Marvel show on Disney plus. Uh, but yeah, just done so great. And I was like, hell yeah. Cause you know, they, they don't have to be like a power couple, but if they are, I'm not going to be mad about it. Cause Charlie Cox, Tatiana Maslany, two, two amazing actors. And, uh, it's, it was just, it was nice. I was like, wow. Like, I hope this next episode is good because this one really got me. That said, all of your choices, like, excellent. And as I'm looking through, like, the episode list, like, 
I, I think I know the answer, but is there an episode either of you don't like where you're just like, ah, I could have done without that? Mm, I don't think so. I can't think of an episode that I didn't like. Um, hmm. I feel like all the episodes, because it was only nine episodes, so it's pretty relatively short, but all the episodes were so kind of intertwining between storylines. Like, it all carried over and all kind of tied in nicely. So I don't feel like there was a wasted episode because everything was kind of addressed. And, you know, even from, like, the first episode with her fight with Titania... Like, that was addressed a couple episodes later in the wrap-up when, you know, when they sued each other. So, like, I don't I don't know if there was a bad episode. Um, yeah, because even, like, the Daredevil Walk of Shame was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was. That was. Yeah, I don't, for me, I don't think there's a bad episode. A guy I worked with really didn't like the, the magic episode with Madison. Bro. I That's love that episode. Like my new favorite. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I love me some Madison. Yeah, me too. So I was like, and plus, like it, at the very end, like you get the you get the sting that leads you into the next with the court stuff with Titania. Um, I yeah, I there wasn't anything wasted, uh, especially because like that episode is Jen finally like superheroing. Like joining Wong and fighting demons in the Magic Club, you know, which is obviously the Magic Castle, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. So, so rad. But like, even then, like that episode, like, you get the fact that Emil at any time could have left prison, right? And he actually attempted to reform himself. But then at the end, when you get the end of the season, when you get the end credit scene where he goes back to jail for violating his parole. Like, he's just like, ah, fuck it, I'm over it. Like, and he leaves with Wong. Like, so, like, it all kind of relatively comes back and pays off in the end. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Yep, yep. So, where do we want to go for here? Do you want to talk characters? Do you want to talk themes? Well, we talk a character so I can bring that thing up well, that I wanted to Yeah, bring it. There you go, Blue. Do it. Blue, I felt okay. your hand, like, raised out of my monitor right now. You raised your hand <laughs> so high. So, so in, in oh, excuse pictures, me, boy howdy! I thought they, I, I was duped. I was bamboozled. I was tricked when they had shown like the little still images and stuff and the previews and whatnot. I was like, oh, we're getting Frogman. He's such a lame hero. He tries so hard and he's so endearing. I thought that's who we were getting. I did not realize they were going to bring in his father to bring in leapfrog to tie in all the litigations and stuff i was like wait a minute because when they when they um when they introduced him i was like why is he being such a douchebag and then i i immediately like as soon as i said it as those words came out of my mouth i was like oh no it's his dad because <laughs> that's where he got the suit was from um was from his father who sucked at being a villain um so I thought that was really, really interesting that they tricked the shit out of me because I, I thought it was going to be Frogman, and, and it wasn't. It was Leapfrog. So it, it was cute, and it was a really good episode, too. I mean, it did give us the difference between a goon and a henchman. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Which I did not know. Did you know, Blue? I didn't. I mean, I, well, as they were defining it, I thought I might define it differently, but yeah. 
they gave us one one uh one explanation for it do yep. you agree with that explanation there joe well, I disagree with it but you know well what how would you explain the difference between a goon and a henchman i would probably describe them as synonyms and it depends on your point of view and perspective that's fair your answer yeah. is way too politically correct. <laughs> but it's it's how I feel about things. I don't uh <laughs> I I agree. Your, your I, answer made me fall asleep right now. It's so boring. <laughs> as long as it keeps Shawnee asleep too, we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It, uh, but yeah, yeah. I just thought that his character um showing up at all was really really great. I mean somebody bring up Madison. Madison. <laughs> Which the wise, but I not just... way you think. <laughs> so, like, I have a Madison in my life, and I'm the Wong, and I relate too much. <laughs> to the, you know, it was just a friend from school that is just like, you know, it's just it's complete. It's, it's someone I've never hang out with, and they're always outrageous. But every time we hang out together, it's always fucking fun because they're just so ridiculous. But like. Even the courtroom when she's like ruining, I don't know why the Sopranos were such a fucking like underlying joke in that show. Considerably, it's on Disney, <laughs> but like just the fact that she kept ruining Sopranos for Wong and like not being able to get Wong peace. But like it was great. She was she was fun. Like the, I think she added a great uh, spiciness to the episode that would probably would have been shit, honestly. And the, the magician stuff wasn't yeah. I guess if you want to make it like if they didn't have all the other extra the the ex, extracurricular stuff going on the magician episode that episode would have sucked. If you didn't have the tender stuff going on with Jennifer, if you didn't have her going on those consecutive horrible dates that gave my fiance mad flashbacks, um, yeah. if you didn't have the Madison stuff and the drunk crowd and the bad magic and the stuff with Wong and the demon bats, like that episode would have sucked. Um, but yeah, I like the addition of Madison into the MCU. I like the addition to the bad magician and kind of like magic could be stolen in the MCU, which is I think an interesting fact. Like Donnie Blaze. <laughs> yeah, Donnie Blaze. But like especially after like Werewolf by Night, which we're not talking about, but like now you have magical artifacts that could potentially fall into the wrong hands and be used for um I don't want to say nefarious purpose, but irresponsibly is an interesting concept. That they, yeah. even, if, even if it's the a magical instrument that is uh, not as powerful, right? Because a key ring or sling ring would be different from like a bloodstone. But either way, it could still be used to detrimental effect. Um, yeah. Well, like like a funny thing about like Madison in that entire episode is uh, a lot of Mephisto conversation. Once again, people get in Mephistoed, uh, shaking Mephistos. But, you know, like Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, everybody's like, here's where we get magic-y and demon-y and all this stuff. And we got the dark the dimension. We got Dormammu. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. You know what I mean? Like, we, we got some of that. Um, mm-hmm. We get, but like when we get into Doctor Strange, Doctor Sitmom, uh, instead of like diving further into like the dark dimensions and everything, we just go into the multiverse. Um, and yeah, there's like demons, you know, with Wanda and like the dark hold and everything, but you don't dive deep into that. Of course, then you go to WandaVision, everybody's like, oh, here we go, Mephisto and the demons. And it's like, yeah, no, you get the dark hold, you get Agatha Harkness, 
um, but just like a little bit. And it was She-Hulk, the silly sitcom that gave us like the most entry in the MCU world of like demons in hell. And I was like, huh, good form, Jessica Gao in your writer's room. Like, right on. <laughs> like, it's right there. You you open the portal with Donnie Blaze and Madison, and we'll we'll see if it it, it sprouts any any new stuff for the MCU. And uh, that's saying something for like a, a silly like funny show. You know what I mean about about uh, Bruce Banner's freaking cousin. Yep. So, yeah. I'm glad you got Mephisto stuff, though, because I am super curious to know what the whatever pact she made with whatever demon it was. Because do I think she's Mephisto? No. Do I think she's going to bring up Mephisto? No. But what if she brings up Blackheart? That would be sick, right? Because Blackheart has really big ties with um, She-Hulk and uh, Ghost Rider and uh daredevil so i'm looking forward to it to see that's interesting because i didn't i did not even think of that that's that's rad right yeah blackheart would be a really cool introduction and then you wouldn't happen from blackheart you could have because blackheart is uh you know uh mephisto's son like later on you could bring mephisto in in a big bigger role but like blackheart as as a get-go character would be fun as hell what uh what is blackheart's name is it jake the demon <laughs> that's uh i don't know i don't know what alias because he's gone through so many i mean um, he, he has an alter ego which is anton satan <laughs> why does that sound racist so, not jake the demon <laughs> i don't because maybe it is i don't know <laughs> He, he also he also goes by the the moniker Antichrist. Yeah. So, That's but a, uh, that would be a rad thing that I don't think we'll see, but kind of bums me out now. It's like, I mean, that'd be yeah. Cool. I I think uh, it's pretty funny because you get into the Mephisto conversation, <laughs> and we're we're not even discussing how like Donnie Blaze got you know twitter and the internet talking about johnny blaze and everybody 100 percent convinced that this was how ghost rider was entering the mcu <laughs> oh, like, instead of being like uh evil can evil die he's just a bad magician <laughs> yeah John and like what it, it, that is it's not accidental the the name was picked on purpose just because they knew that it would get people talking and uh that's fine you know what i mean Donnie, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it's just interesting to me. I'm like, yeah, there's 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 so much there, and like with Mephisto and Blackheart, like you were saying, Blue, that wow. Um, I, I like right now, I'm literally like on the record. Could we live in a world where Blackheart like enters the MCU and just color me surprised when in a year or two, like boom, there he is, and it all starts with Madison with two Y's, but not where you think. Not where you think. Um, yeah. That's a great A lot of people didn't know that. <laughs> they didn't know what? Oh, I said the the Y is in hell. Not a lot of people know that. Wait, what? <laughs> the Y. Not where you think. The Y is in hell. The second Y? But there's no H in Madison. I'm confused. Why? The Y? The yeah. Y is in hell? I don't understand how the Y is in hell. 
because the because young because the young men's Christian Association is a, is a secret <laughs> secret uh, shell company for for Mephisto Incorporated. The Y. <laughs> the Y like YMCA? Yeah, that's why I spelled it out. <laughs> Anyways, we're off the rails. <laughs> What uh? What other characters? We talked to Matt Murdock. Of course, we talked about the you know, beauty that is Tatiana. What about the great side characters that were built around Jen with her paralegals and her other like attorneys? Yeah, straight, straight oh, from the hell topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were fantastic and well acted. Phenomenally and find, loved them. Phenomenally acted. I love them. Yeah, I, and I really love the episode where they're uh, they're trying to find Lucas. The, the tailor yeah and they go through the uh like the the cambodian mark like restaurant and the guy's selling avenger knockoff stuff and they have to buy stuff off of him to see lucas and they're wearing like, the avengers the, the avengers <laughs> and like homeboy is out there wearing like a cap shield and a thor hammer and he's like fucking around in the elevator and i was just like this is awesome these guys are having fun in this role like this is great this is really well casted Oh, it, it brought me a lot of joy to share Avengers images on my Instagram at Wookie Riot, Wookie with two E's. Uh, <laughs> but not what you think. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's lovely. <laughs> Do you feel that? I hate to use this word, but I think it's a word that I've been seeing a lot in articles. Is was a meal redeemed in your in your opinion? Your opinion? Yes. How yeah. so? Well, I mean, if if we're going off Tim Roth and Emil Blonsky and Abomination in that abomination of an appearance in The Incredible Hulk, uh, I was just like, wow, bad. Uh, Tim Roth is so much better than this. Like, this is, that's how, it, okay, so we're just like bringing in like the Hulk's like one of his ultimate baddies. And just like one and done in Brooklyn, son, and uh, fine, okay, I'll, I guess I'll just never have any hope whatsoever for any abomination goodness. And then all of a sudden, it's like Emil Blonsky, like on Front Street, first episode, like explaining that everybody's like, he's not Russian, he's freaking British, he's a white guy. And he's like, Russian-born, British-trained, and you're like, okay, there you go, right, with like a couple simple lines of dialogue, shut up, fanboys, like, he's Russian. But he speaks British because he was trained in Britain. You know what I mean? And then just like allowing for, yeah, he's been locked up in a Hulk-proof cell for a long time, and uh, and and found him some nine side things and done a lot of <laughs> introspection and probably you know he doesn't have that bracelet just because he never like abominationed out. Like he's he's figured out how to like just like Bruce has done, like how his two parts can be one. Um, and like, and, and Tim Roth just got to be charming and funny and like great. You know what I mean? Like very much like some of the charming Tim Roth and like Tarantino stuff. And I, I just really enjoyed it. And with the entire retreat and all that, I was like, right on. I, I like this angle, but it, there's nothing keeping him from like getting pissed off and like wrecking shop at some point. You know what I mean? It's just, he doesn't have any of those triggers right now. And uh, yeah, and I this they they found a way to take that original design, but like have it like not look as atrocious. And uh, yeah, I was like, sweet, Abomination's back, and I've sort of forgiven that first movie, but 
it doesn't matter because that we don't really have to talk about that movie too much unless Liv Tyler shows up in the future. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, we we, start, we started talking about it on the comic book movie Defenders, not enthusiastically at all, and then we realized that we'd already done it, and we were very relieved that we could just stop and start over, <laughs> talking about other movies. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm surprised you forgot because that was like a pretty big episode for you. Because uh, I just remember the defense of the Angley thing. I forgot like completely that we talked about both movies. So and plus, mm. you know, when it's been 170 episodes since the majority of your CBM defenders, there's some time to forget. And that's, what about you, Blue? That's like three years. So yeah, that's true. Was, oh was, yeah, absolutely. I think Emil was totally like redeemed um, for the exact same points that Joe brought up, but also the fact that he was able to like. Um, going back to the retreat, the fact that he was able to talk to other like villains and bring them into a place like Wrecker? Are you kidding me? That dude is like fucking Asgardian powered, and he brought that dude down to like, hey, you know what? I was being a chauvinist asshole. He's right, and I really thought that he was gonna like have a big turnaround and betray Jen. But that dude did he didn't do it. They fucking threw me for a loop. I was like, oh my god, he he really turned over a new leaf. Emil helped him. Like, look at this dude. He's helping out. He's like, I believe in you, Jen. God, this ice cream is good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Since you brought up record, do you feel like it was awesome like seeing the wrecking crew come onto the screen? Because it was just like it was so non-believable. Because one, again, I don't watch any trailers, so I have no idea if this was ever alluded to. But when I saw that crowbar, I was like, no, there's no way they're doing Wrecking Crew right now. Like, I'm not watching. And then Homeboy <laughs> dropped the chain, the ball and chain. I was like, holy fuck, this is the fucking Wrecking Crew. And then they got yeah. wrecked, which is like, you know, because I don't know. I mean, in my mind, I guess in my mind, because I read the books, like, all the Wrecking Crew dudes are jacks. So I was expecting, like, a bunch of fucking Schwarzeneggers to come on the screen. But no, they were just like, my primos who just picked up like bad tools and now they got superpowers. (laughs) So like, they're supposed to be like dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. But they weren't, they were just like day laborers who just got lucky and which would make sense. Right. Cause if you have like in a world where like shit happens all the time, you're going to like bump into like collateral damage or forgotten weapons. Um, But they were already on screen for like three minutes. If that, uh, but the yeah. Wrecking Crew have such a big following. Do you feel like Wrecking Crew was wasted? Um, At first, I did. At first, I was like, oh, it, it was very funny, and it was a good moment for Jen, and whatever. And I was kind of ready to throw it out and be like, ah, they they just threw away the Wrecking Crew. But then when he came back and he was like such a cool dude about it, I was like, oh, well, maybe... Maybe they're going to do something else with this, because that is really funny to see um, <laughs> Wrecker in the position that he was in. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for them, because now that he's being kind of nice about it, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Because if you remember in the comics, the Wrecking Crew was given their power by... You know how in... Um, you saw uh, Thor Love and Thunder, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so you know how Thor like gave all the kids their powers and shit? Yeah. Loki did that for them and gave that. He's like, yeah, you're going to go beat up Thor. Here's a super fucking Asgardian 
powered fucking crowbar. And then he's like, hey, can I share it with my friends? He's like, fucking go for it, I guess. And he did. And, uh, you know, they just fucking went out to do the things. And that's why they are Asgardian powered. Um, but, like, if that's the case, then then that's pretty cool if you think about it. They They still, the fact that they even exist within universe right now holds a lot of potential for a lot of things in the future. So I don't count them out yet. Um, I love this little twist with Wrecker, but I definitely don't think that they're quote-unquote wasted because you can still do a lot. And the one thing, like, Blue, we talked off mic because you were talking about, like, the origin. I was like, I feel like in the episode, like, you know, the the way all the their construction tools look and everything, like, reminded me of, like, Thor Ragnarok. But literally, when I rewatched it, Jen says, did you guys rob an Asgardian construction worker? And Wrecker's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, they, it's literally, like, right there on Front Street. Like, they don't say anything more, but it's like, yes, okay, you can have your own headcanon, whatever you want, or maybe it'll be explained later in a future thing. But he's like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's right there. Like, construction tools in Asgard and maybe... Maybe uh, Loki season two like has something you know that that explains it a little bit more. But yeah, I was right there, and I, I like that they look like your primos because the MCU has a certain amount of realism, and uh, like if if they showed up all like roided out and in their silly costumes, you'd just be like, oh, I guess we're doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead. You still get that, you know, the Asgardian stuff, the the magic crowbar, the the ball and chain, and all that. But they're they're also like they're wrecking crew as they're starting. They're not wrecking crew like later when they actually can wreck things. So yeah, exactly. And even then, like the wrecking crew, like they're goofy and they're boys. You know what I mean? They're bros and they mess things up. And I could see that that uh, foursome, you know becoming something like that in the future if they're so inclined and it's great because they don't show all of their faces too much they just you know show record so if like one of those guys doesn't work out in the future they can have somebody else you know what i mean yeah sure for so, sure uh, yeah and I, like literally i was like you guys i was like are they seriously fucking do like the second that crowbar i was like are they doing the wrecking crew and she i was like oh my god heather it's the wrecking crew and she's like i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> and at the end i was just like oh my god i can't believe that it like exists in the mcu i'm so happy right now i'm so confused but happy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah i i enjoyed it and yeah cool i really like, wish to use them more um because the one of them is is actually like a super genius but he just doesn't use it because he's like well i'm asgardian powered why why should i have to think about it so they're well, goofy for sure like, I like the it. beauty of that scene is it's that classic, like, woman in a dark alley. Uh, all of a sudden, there's multiple men, like, coming at her. And you're like, oh, no. Like, this is awful. And then Jen just looks at the camera, and it's like, but I don't have to deal with this. And then, like, hulks out and kicks ass. And it's like, you know, freaking uh, fantasy fulfillment for, like, a lot of women. Like, yeah, I wish. Like, yeah, that's bad. Sure. And it's it's uh, it's a really a nice character beat for, like, Jen, you know? She's still figuring out, like... You know, she's being She-Hulk when she's a lawyer, but, like, you know, discovering, like, you know, her own, like, you know, divisive between her nature is like, oh, if I if I need this, like, this is handy and sucks to be you, Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
I, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? I thought it was good. And then with record coming back and like that twist, like I, I thought they were like one and dones and we might see them again or we might not might have to wait. But, you know, then getting the, not one episode, but two episodes of interactions with record. I was like, OK, cool. I wasn't expecting that for sure. <laughs> yep. So, and there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just seeing a freaking uh, what was it? A light elf shape changer from Asgard. Oh, that was so yeah. funny. That was like so yeah, the writers just came up with like all of these different clever things that connect the different avenues of the MCU. She and was I, my least favorite character. Least favorite? My wife. It was her favorite character in the in the show. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. I uh, I thought I thought it was cute. <laughs> it was it was done pretty funny. And like also like you know she's up to shenanigans and like making like pretend to be pug and he's like you know that's not me and that's a great setup for like later in like episode nine. Um, but just, uh, like when she, when she gets up on the stand, they don't just like let her like do things. They're like, you know, there's gotta be consequences for this behavior. Like this is it's still a real world. Uh, so it's pretty great. I appreciate it. And it adds like new, like, you know, you got in Thor love and thunder that there's not just as guardians, there's other aliens that have sheltered there. And, uh, you know, just reminding you like, yeah, there's, there's more weirdness in the MCU that we could have some fun with. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we, I mean, we're talking about side characters, and that's where Danny was heading. But uh, Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki, oh man, love it so much. And I love the fact that it's mentioned overtly several times that she's gay, but not in a heavy handed way. And they didn't have yep. to show us, like, you know what I mean? You didn't have to have the obligatory kiss scene at the end of Rise of Skywalker. And you didn't have to have her pining over a girlfriend that, like, not calling her back, just like, you know, She-Hulk is over the guy Josh. Uh, it's just like, you know what I mean? She says something like, oh, I forgot, like, being a cis woman sucks. You know what I mean? And you're just like, hey, it's right there. And take it if you want. Don't take it if you want. And uh, just being so, like, yeah, like, everybody needs a friend like that. You know what I mean? No nonsense. Silly. Good advice. Got your back. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I like Pug very much, too. From the second he showed up and gave him the route to the best bathroom. I was like, hey, <laughs> nice. It's a guy that's very much modeled after the way I try to be around women, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, uh, <laughs> like, the last episode when it's so painful to him to, like, join in the misogyny. Like, I feel that. I feel that on a deep spiritual level. That happened at work today. Like, some of the guys were trying to have a conversation about some woman that looked good like in the room and I was just like, have fun guys. And I walked out of the room. I was like, I just can't, you know, <laughs> like I have eyes, I see things, but why, why is this conversation happening today? 2022. Fuck. You know, but it is what it is, I guess. You're right. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to change the dialogue, but at least by stepping out they were like, why is he stepping out? And maybe, maybe it'll let one of them like realize like Dale guys, like fuck, you were upset. Cause there weren't other guys that you could like talk about some woman's breast to. Oh, poor baby. Oh, <laughs> like, have an interior monologue, you fuck. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. thought closet. It's full. But it's my thought closet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Pug would yeah. I feel like Pug would feel that, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get too much for her boss, but her boss was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what's that? I was a little, I was looking on Wikipedia for like characters and like different stuff, like before we recorded and they had stuff and I was like, how does Megan the Stallion get like two sentences and then you threw Madison down and like, oh, she was also here. I'm like, no, come on. I know she's famous, but <laughs> <sighs> that's fine. I don't know. That was, that was a really good She-Hulk moment. Like, and I mean, the, 
other than Hulk King, the true villain of the freaking uh, show, Dennis Bukowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, that guy was the worst. He really was the whole show. Ugh, man, he was the worst. I blame her grandmother. She's like, what? Which <laughs> 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 is... Uh, but yeah. What else? Do you have more to say about characters, fellas? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, Let me see. We already covered him. We already covered her. Uh, Titania. Uh, Jamila Jamil. Oh my god. Dude! She was so freaking rad the entire fucking show. And then in real life, she was so hyped to be on the show. And I felt, I really felt like she brought that that energy of like being hyped to be on the show into her character. Like she was just fun because she had all this strength and it's never explained why she's got this super strength or how she has these superpowers. It's just like, ah, oh, she's just super strong. She's not super durable, but she is super strong. And uh, the fact that she kept popping up in Jen's life all over the place to fuck up her day hilarious i thought it was great indeed uh her american accent is amazing because she's so british <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> yeah i i agree with i thought she did a great job to the extent where i kind of wanted more of her but it yeah. looks like that the great twist of the hulk king being the true villain of the show and not titania who just was a petty rivalry but I did like the update where they made her kind of a social media influencer. I think that was a very <laughs> modern take on Titania, and I thought it was a, I thought it was brilliant, honestly, the way that they incorporated it into the storyline and into her character. I mean, can we just speak for a moment on how amazing Mark Lynn Baker of Perfect Strangers as Jen's dad was? I I brought that up in the house. I was like, holy shit, that's the guy from Perfect Strangers. And everybody in the house was like, what the hell is Perfect Strangers? And I was like, fuck, I'm all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear listener, if you feel the same way, we're sorry. But us three old men all know what show that is. <laughs> so does that mean that we're going to get a, a, a season two, hopefully? We're going to get a Cousin Balky cameo? Oh, God. Oh, what God could that it? would be great. Johnny Blaze's cousin. <laughs> Ronnie Lanny. Blaze. Ronnie Blaze. <laughs> I sold it for two goats, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like Emil Blonsky's cousin at the retreat. Oh. Oh, oh, only left him here because he kept selling goats. <laughs> just anything, like, I would love to have them just look at each other and be like, like a moment of recognition and then just drop it and never, never bring it up. Never address it. <laughs> never. You have Valkyrie and Valkyrie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Indeed. I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about the Wong of it all. Phase four, phase Wong. Phase long. Phase long. Uh, how cool is it that he just gets to go by his last name all the time? He doesn't even have to be confused. He just gets to be Wong all the time. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to be white, he wants to be Wong. <laughs> Do you feel that Wong was overused or underused in this season? Perfectly this used. I thought he was used just right. Yeah. Uh, not overly, not under. I think. He did his his two, three little cameos, and that was it. Perfect. Because it wasn't his show, so, like, I thought it was perfect. 
and he wasn't even there for the entire time. He did a thing, he helped out for a second, then he left. And might I bring up, he is doing some very underhanded, like not even borderline, like just straight up illegal shit, which is not very becoming of the Sorcerer Supreme. I'm like, bro. <laughs> but like, Sorcerer Supreme oh. doesn't follow the laws of man, right? They got oh, I know it, and I thought it was, I, I'm not, that is not a knock to his character or anything. I just thought it was funny on a personal level. That's all. I mean, it's just uh, it's so clever the way they use Wong and how like it's not like a man out of time, but like how definitely, uh, you know, wherever he's from originally and then being like Kamertage, the librarian and then becoming the Sorcerer Supreme during the blip. Like he is he is not he does not have the his finger on the pulse of like American politics and justice prudence. You know what I mean? Like. He's, I don't, I don't got time for that. Like, I'm just doing my thing, and sure, I'll show up. Worry about. Sure, I'll, I'll show up if it helps. You know what I mean? I'm not a bad person, uh, but I'm also gonna watch The Sopranos when I'm at Comertage because we got Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, especially so in Phase Wong, he showed up in so many things, and like, definitely like the one thing that he showed up in where you're like, but what about that Wong, the Shang Chi Wong? Like, I don't get that. Like, how does that fit into all the other stuff? And She-Hulk made it fit in quite nicely. You know what I mean? It's Very all, much so. It's all there, and it doesn't take away from, like, the Wong we saw in Dr. Sitmom or, like, any of the other stuff. It's uh, it's just really great. And uh, Benedict Wong, like, does he age? No. He's he's the new ageless one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's... It's pretty great. Like, I put up a poster on my Instagram of Wongers, and it's, like, all the different times he's shown up. And uh, I just, more please. I love it very, very much. So, yeah. Yep. I think uh, think Wong is amazing. And I think his hangouts with, with Madison with two wives, but not what you think, probably are great for him. <laughs> They're definitely not Wong. Oh. He's like, if loving you is right, I don't want to be Wong. <laughs> So just the entire like cutscene with like the the with the drinks that he's had like just clever like okay so we we obviously have loved it I want to at least get to is there something that you didn't like I can go first if you want yeah go for it you go first okay so really hard for me to find something I don't like so here's what I don't like they gave us three end scenes I think it was like episode two three four something like that Mm -hmm. and it conditioned my ass to watch for end scenes and with the exception of the finale i didn't get them and i was like why i should know better it doesn't have to happen but you've conditioned me oh so i was like have a great episode that i love and then at the very end be like i'm mildly disappointed that there wasn't an end scene like the previous one (laughs) you know what i mean and that's my problem that's not the show's problem in any way shape or form but it was a real feeling that i had so yeah and like uh the only problem i was gonna have with the show was in the finale when everything's going down at the retreat and i'm like none of this shit makes sense what the fuck are the writers thinking holy hell like you're just throwing it all just throw that poop at the wall see what sticks and then the finale happened and i was like okay cool you got me right there cool (laughs) perfect yeah you feel the same way all right i'll I'll just sit back down lower my hand everything's fine (laughs) so yeah but like that's 
made like the the only negative. The only time I felt like the show was rushed or forced, it made perfect sense why it was. Uh, and yeah, like it was just well paced. It was funny. Uh, the jokes landed for me. The characters made sense for me. The progression all worked through. There was a through storyline, and I yeah, but. You know, just the end scenes, and that's, like, silly. That's me creating something. But it is a real thing that I was like, fuck, I wish there was an end scene for everyone because I liked every single one of them. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. What about you guys? Um, I'm going to say, as of to now, right, it, this could change in the future because, as Blue mentioned, I think they're going to be potential use for these characters in the, in the future projects. But the Wrecking Crew, I was a little... I mean, I like that they're they're kind of just, like, doofuses or whatever, like almost henchman level super baddies but i kind of don't want more of them and uh yeah they were just kind of a flash in the plan and only wrecker had to change your heart right there's like a whole group of them that are out there with weapons and so yeah even if it was an end credit scene to kind of show what they were up to or what happened or the fallout or whatever like i would have liked to see a little bit more wrecking crew and have them be a little bit more uh, formidable Okay. Formidable. I have one more, but go ahead, Blue. Um, hmm. you're, I think you're going to have to go. I still need time to think. Okay. So the only other one, so like Blue saying that the, uh, the retreat episode was his favorite. I also enjoyed it very much. I like seeing the Blue List, or the, not the Blue List, they had the Blue List villains, because Blue liked it so much, the B-List villains. Um. I mean, and like, does like correct me if I'm wrong, but Blue, like El Elegrila is like an uh, amalgamation of a couple different villains, right? Like it's a new, new I, baddie you, for the show. I believe so, yes. Yeah, but like Porcupine, a little bit different than the comics, like fine. Manbull, never in a million years, I think we would see Manbull in the MCU. Uh, Wrecker, I like that. But Saracen, Saracen, I, I'm not saying he's cool in the comics. But he's much different, and I was like, oh, that's how they're going to do Saracen? Like, you know, he shows up in, as an enemy of Punisher. Like, there's some good stuff they could have done with that character. But instead, we got the weird putting blood and tea, maybe a vampire, maybe not. Like, makes me, I was like, I saw that, and I was like, I hope same person didn't write Blade. Oh, maybe they did. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, right. oh, okay, that's, that's how we're doing saracen i suppose so much so that it was so shitty i was like i don't know how you fix that like if you're ever going to use it again so it's a one and done thanks writers you know what i mean yeah. so and that's that's like a minor quibble like whatever like i really don't give two shits if saracen's going to show up in the mcu in the future if i'm being 100 honest but i was just like oh okay that was a choice that's fine because it really doesn't matter but yeah, yeah. Once again, it's like a minor quibble where I'm just like, that's that's because I'm a comic geek. So, yeah. And I like you hear Saracen and instantly I'm like, Punisher, Danny's happy. But no, not with that <laughs> character. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Blue, I gave you time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, that's it. That That's pretty much what you guys said because that's the only thing I think of. I love the fact that they used Leapfrog. Um, I thought they used him well. Uh, it's just these, these super minor dudes, but I really think that a lot of them can be used later on. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, just the fact that, that we didn't have 
as much of the wrecking crew. I would like more wrecking crew, but that didn't have anything to do with the show. I don't think, uh, I would like to have seen maybe wrecker mention. Oh yeah. My buds are like over here or whatever. A casual mention would have been nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. I, I really don't have any big gripes about it. All right. So I was prepared for this. Cause I was like, I really don't have any gripes and I, I don't think the boys are going to either. So I, I took a little bit of dive into the, the quagmire cesspool that, that is the internet uh, and looked up what other people said was bad. And I was like, we can address what other people say are bad and like put our own spin on it or agree with them. Cause we didn't think about it. Um, so, all right, I've got four things. The very first one, the one that honestly, I actually did read a couple articles cause I was like, Oh, I wonder how people are going to feel about this. People were mad about Megan the Stallion. People, and uh, specifically the twerking cutscene. Boys? I understand why. You don't understand why, or you do understand oh, why? I don't, like, at all. Um, One of my friends literally, like, showed comic strips of, like, She-Hulk, like, jump roping naked. And we're like, yeah. this is okay, but this isn't. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, that's what she does. She is twerking is like the least of the things that she possibly could have done, especially from the comics that she's been in. Like, twerking is literally nothing to the She-Hulk. All right. So I, I don't think any of us had a problem. I'm like, I don't even really know who Megan the Stallion is other than it's a name that I've heard before. So I don't have a real opinion, but that's because I'm me. You know what I mean? Here's, here, here, like... I have no idea who it is either. It, all right, here's the thing. Was the CGI, like, not the best? Probably. But sh show me. Show me CGI that is that good that could deceive an eye that exists. Because it doesn't. Like, yeah. I, I just, even an Unreal Engine, even if you were to do it in a fucking Unreal Engine, like, it, would st it still won't look, like, real, quote, unquote. Yeah. So, like, people are saying, like, it just didn't look real or whatever the fuck's wrong with the CGI. Like we're not even fucking there yet. Like there's no CGI that's that good to meet those standards. So I didn't get it. And that the, the twerking She-Hawk look a little funny. Yeah. It looked like a Sims fucking animation that fucking went a little wonky, but whatever. We're not there. The, the, the technology doesn't exist. Oh, so that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that's the next one on the list. Danny is the special effects that people really went after. And I was really curious about like hearing Blue talk about it. Like I, I get me and you, Danny, we have opinions. We watch a lot of this stuff, but Blue has is the most qualified of the three of us when it comes to like any sort of like computer effects. So Blue, take it away. People say the special effects are shit. You're, you're talking about in comparison to what? Like what are they comparing it to? Are they comparing it to the blockbuster movies? that had huge fucking budgets as opposed to a limited time show whose budget is fucking negligible at best? Or is that what you're comparing it to? Because then, yes, of course it looks bad because you don't have the fucking budget to go through and have all of the animators there to do everything for you. 
if you don't have it's just like however much money you put into something is what you're going to get out of it it's it, it, it's so logical i have no idea how anybody is fucking getting mad at this the show had a pretty good obviously a pretty good budget to be able to do so many scenes with her as she hulk as is that i i don't understand why anybody would be mad do they not know how money works like is that what was going on because it it does take cash to have more animators to make things look better and it takes time and you're talking about a show that they put together pretty relatively fast to be honest and i thought they did a great job with the motion capture and the whole nine i thought they did a great job i just don't understand why the hell that was an issue you know what i mean like what are you comparing it to uh it's just i just yeah. feel like there were unrealistic unrealistic standards for the ex uh ex expect expectation like yeah like, like i even the Hulk movie, the graphics weren't that great. Like even fucking Endgame, the graphics weren't that great. So I don't understand like what were they wanting? Did they want somebody painted green? Did they want Lou Ferrigno to put on a sports bra and like get back in it? Like I'm, I'm just, I just don't understand what the, what their expect re, re, realistic expectations. Yo, that dude they, who they put on the green outfit though, the green makeup and was like the live-action She-Hulk was dope. He was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Really even, so like I say, they even showed us what that would look like, and I prefer what we got. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? So, just, yeah, I, like, like we, me and Danny... T- I, I love me practical effects. I will always pick practical effects. In this expect- exception, that just, that dog don't hunt. Like, a, a dude painted green bodybuilder in a in in with some balloons and a shirt is not gonna cut it nope i agree and like the thing is the cgi sometimes the uncanny valley was 100 there but sometimes it was really freaking good mm-hmm. you know and it was it wasn't like it was always the one like i would say that i feel like it was more good than it was the other and maybe maybe that's me like embracing the show and being there, but the the facial tics of She Hulk, like with the mocap with Tatiana Maslany and her beautiful expressive face, like they and they even body doubled, like they had a really really tall lady that mm-hmm. like walked around so that they could have like the body right. Mm-hmm. So they they knew they used practical where they could and they were smart with their money. And like that first episode, like you were saying, Danny, that CGI was fire. Like, so, you know, and they, so I'm just like, whatever. And like, like we said on a previous episode, Danny, like, where's your frame of reference? Show me where it looks amazing. Where you're like, they just didn't cut it. You know what I mean? And don't say the Incredible Hulk movie from 2002, you fuckwads. Like, don't do it. Please don't do it. Because, yeah, they spent a lot of money. Don't work. Don't hold up. But I much, I much prefer every time I got to see Abomination and the She-Hulk show. So, Yeah. All right, so the the next thing, and this this is great, and it'll take us to the, eh, maybe I'll save that because it'll take us in the finale. Uh, there's two of them that sort of take us in in the finale, which I, I think we have to do our due diligence and talk about. So the next one, I, I, it just wasn't funny. The comedic tone was wrong, and I'm like, comedy subjective. It sounds to me like you already disliked the show, so it wasn't going to work for you. If you're already in a negative place, like it doesn't matter if it's the funniest joke that's ever told you. It's not going to hit. You know yeah. I mean? If you're not ready to laugh, then there's no amount of joking that's going to make you laugh. Seven and a half years as a Jungle Cruise skipper taught me that. 
You know, like, I'm, I'm a pretty witty... Oh, wait. Go ahead, Blue. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, we've we've done comedy for freaking years, and if anything, if our experience taught us anything, if you're if you're not ready to laugh, it doesn't matter what you say or how funny the person is, it's just not going to happen. If you have this negative connotation going in, like that's hey, that's it. That's on. But at that point, that's on you. Yeah, and it's that's the very nature of comedy. It's either going to hit you or it's not. And there's there's nothing the comedian's going to do to fix that. Like, are some people unfunny? Yes, but that's not the case with this show. You know, nope. like, did every single joke they intended land? No, but go to a comedy show. Even the best comedian has one or two like stinkers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Danny, do you have anything to add to it? I thought the show was. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Danny. It's, you know, there's, there's there's a difference between like writing jokes and writing something that's creatively funny. And this show was creatively funny. Like it had well-timed, well-placed moments that were funny, right? It had great dialogue that felt natural, that was funny. It didn't have like, I'm wearing a fucking turkey on my head. Or like, I spilt chili on the floor. Like it wasn't just like jokes that were put in. Like it was appropriately timed, funny moments or dialogue that was placed that fit. And that's what makes it funny and smart it was great writing and by the way fuck these people. i agree no that i just said it like fuck these people for stealing lazy writing as a fucking excuse because now i can't use it when something's legitimately lazy fucking writing anymore because you're just using it for your fucking chauvinistic fucking bullshit explanation for not liking something just be up front you don't like it because it's a fucking female-led show but now i can't use lazy writing when someone's legitimate being fucking lazy in a fucking explanation and that fucking pisses me well you 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 can no i can't if i say lazy writing it's gonna fucking look like i'm a misogynist asshole and i'm not (laughs) you're not only if it's a lady show (laughs) only if it's a lady (laughs) show uh so do we need to talk about the slut shaming again no. Stop it. I mean, I, th- I think Stop. She-Hulk addressed the, the shaming perfectly. They did. They did. And we're going to get into the finale. So the last little one is just like a lot of people's gripe was that the show downplayed Hulk or made Hulk seem bad. And I'm like, guys, it's not Bruce Banner's show. Like, it's yes, yes, show. he was in the he was in the first episode because he has to be. But like, it's not his show. Did you not pick that up when like the who says you got it because of a mafia hit gone wrong? Like they fucking get the origin that they changed. They just did it differently because it makes more sense in the real world the way it happened, even though it's comic booky. Like they're not downplaying Hulk. Hulk was downright charming and wonderful in this show when he was there. Like I like the ties to Ragnarok. You can't stop Ragnarok. Ragnarok has already begun. You know, uh, is there is there a, an end that doesn't tie to the movie Ragnarok, but ties to the comic book source material that I'm like, oh, what? Yes, there is. And we're going to get into the finale. Uh, but downplaying Hulk, like, what? Oh, God. Like, he's dealing with his cousin. He's dealing with, like, all these new things. We got so much great stuff. Just the fact that he fucking keeps an Iron Man helmet in his cool Mexico, like, secret lair. You know, like, I'm so... Well, Stop it. Stop it, Internet. That's what I say. Stop it, Internet. Hulk smash. <laughs> Boys downplaying the Hulk or not respecting the Hulk or 
No, it was it, like you said, it wasn't his show. Um, first of all, and second of all, there have been so many comic book instances of ups and downs in both the Hulk, his size, his power, what he does. Hell, right now in the comic books, Bruce Banner is piloting Hulk like a fucking machine, as if he were a kaiju. Like, what are we gonna are we gonna be mad that he's not being piloted? Like, is that the next thing we're gonna get mad about? Like, you guys should really if they're if they're really gonna complain about it, they should really check out the source material to actually get upset because it doesn't make any fucking sense to say, oh, Smart Hulk is so downplayed and he's not nearly as powerful, duh, because he's going through one of his many fucking valleys and hills and fucking ups and downs that the character goes through constantly since his conception. Like, that's just, that's the Hulk. Welcome to the character. I don't know what else to tell you. Danny? Listen, I thought in the beginning the Hulk was treated well, right? It's it's a family story, right? Like, not everybody's close to their cousins, so maybe that's where the disconnect is. But when you're coming from a close family where you're close to your cousins and extended family, like, you tend to support and care for one another and want to help them. So, like, I got that. I saw that. I do believe the Hulk's storyline kind of progressing his story was handled sloppily um i guess we're going to talk to the ending right like him when he left to sakar right because they were kind of hunting him down for whatever reason like that was the perfect exit for bruce like he should have just went off world and stayed off and like and not obviously not tell anybody um and that's cool like they keep trying to reach him and he has like no cell phone service or anything like that because you know space but like when he came in towards the the end at the family party with like Sakar, like I was just like, why the f- that was so fucking weird. Like I know who Sakar is, you know who Sakar is, like, but like in the MCU sense, like it just felt mishandled. Like they, they and, and I I know we're gonna lead into the last episode, and I'm getting ahead of it right now, but like they did prelude in the Kevin conversation that and i'm not gonna spell it out because i don't think my brain has that mental capacity at the moment um the kevin conversation where like hulk was introducing somebody and blah, 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 blah. and then like they're saving it for the movie and i was like oh that's cool because i know what he was talking about you know what he's talking about but they haven't really established that in the mcu continuum but then they did it at the family picnic and i was like this is fucking bizarre <laughs> like this is so <laughs> awkward and weird and not well placed but like they didn't really reference it so i was like i don't know if this is kind of like a she-hulk kind of gag or if this was like a legitimate storyline that they're introducing so oh, like exactly a gag they're gonna, a legit, they're they're legitimately gonna bring it in but it was definitely introduced as a gag that they fully yes. intend to incorporate into something yeah i just i just i just i don't know I mean, maybe because, again, I know who he is, so maybe that's that's why I thought it was weird. But maybe somebody who doesn't know this stuff and saw Hulk had a son, like, maybe that moment was mind-blowing to see, you know, his Zac Efron child on screen. Is that who's <laughs> playing him? No, but... No, no. Oh, because I couldn't tell who that was. Yeah, no, no, I, I just... He was, he was just a handsome child. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, so like we're, cut, but. we need we need to get to the finale so we can reach the finale of our own episode. Uh, but the the last <laughs> the last comments like you know and definitely this comes from misogynist. But like, this show hates men. Breaking the fourth wall doesn't work. Deadpool did it first. So I'm gonna take that second comment and just school you if you haven't heard. A uh, Deadpool. 1991, February, New Mutants, number 98. Writer, Fabian Nicieza. Artist, writer, Rob Liefeld. Deadpool, 1991. She-Hulk, originally Stan Lee and John Bushima, February, 1980. John Run, 1989, Sensational She-Hulk. Breaks the fourth wall. I hate to break it to you, but two years before Deadpool Deadpooled all over the Marvel Universe... She-Hulk did it first. So I don't care how much you love the Merc with the Mouth. It, there is a world where Rob Liefeld read an amazing She-Hulk run. It was like, ooh, it would be fun to do a dude character that does the same that's not connected to the Hulk. And he did. So there you go. Fourth wall breaking, whether it worked for you or not, it's very in story for She-Hulk. And I celebrate it because I wondered if they would be brave enough to do it. And I'm glad that they did do it and that it worked. Ah, hating men, that just takes us into the finale and the self-awareness and all that. Ah, so let's get there. Let's talk about the finale, the fourth wall breaking, the internet troll trolling, uh, the misogyny is bad, obviously, but I'm glad they said it. Like, who wants to go first? Blue, Danny, finale. Danny, you want to go? Yeah, real quiet. Um, so the finale was like apex classic she-hulk it was fucking fourth wall breaking it was bananas it i love the fact that they reversed a lot of the stuff because it really just didn't make any sense and it just like if they did that traditional ending like it just would have been so blah of an ending and they called themselves out on it so that must have been an interesting day in the writer's room of them talking about like how the show would end and then they just shit on it and then <laughs> you know, and then her like I don't know who played Kevin, but her conversation with Kevin was just so brilliant. It was just so like their back and forth and their banter was just so well done. Especially when she starts going on crazy and then she sits down like crazy with her comments and like suggestions and she gets like real comfortable and sits down and he's like, Oh, you're sitting. Like he just like he's like, Oh, you're getting you're getting real you're really comfortable here. And he's like, okay. And he even mentions it like, this is never going to happen again. And I actually, because I know they approached Kevin Feige for that specific role and wanted him to cameo as himself. But I prefer the robot. I think that was kind of brilliant, right? Like it was that Jaws moment where you don't get the real thing that you wanted. So you just kind of adapt. And it just made for a better moment. And I think that's what they got with the Kevin stuff. I thought that was really Well, yeah, they wanted they wanted him to cameo. And then they wanted him to voice it. And he declined both. And Jessica Gao even came out and said, like, she fought real hard for, like, that hat design on the, on the robot. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige was very much against it. And she literally in the writer's room had to be like, I draw the line in the sand. If we don't get to do the hat, I quit. And, like 
Feige was like in the process of being like, well, we really have valued like the time that you spent and uh, it'll be a real shame to see you go. And somebody was like, we can like incorporate it in the robot. So it looks like a hat, but it's not an actual hat. And he was like, oh, okay. Then, uh, then I'd be okay with that. And like Jessica Gow didn't have to like, oh shit, I almost had to quit. <laughs> he was ready to like send me off because he was, he was real big on like, nobody messes with the Feige. <laughs> and like, we want you to voice him. And he's like, no, thanks. And they were like, okay, Kevin. <laughs> I'll so, die, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, so they they found a voice actor to to do it instead. And, and, and I, I saw one thing where it said Foggy would do anything for She Hulk, but he won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even talking about the transformations and how much that they cost money is like. Just don't do it on camera because that costs a lot. <laughs> um, but no, I just I thought the ending was great. I think the 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 scene at the I mean the misogyny the the convention was great and kind of the social satire on everything from the way that they even use vocabulary in a very specific way to make them seem like they're not fucking misogynist, but it clearly is. Um. It was just, it was just brilliant, and it, it was the most She-Hulky thing I think they've done, and it, it really did the the character justice in in the yeah. storyteller, and it really brought it to the MCU. And and again, you get that last final moment in the picnic scene, and I don't know how that really carries over because you kind of have her having some type of relationship with Matt Murdock, and and I kind of dug it because one. Uh, Charlie Cox and Tatiana Masani had great chemistry on screen, and mm-hmm. they worked really well together. And two, uh, the, the, the Matt Murdock and Jennifer Walters, those are two characters who like to fuck. And so um, I think these pair well together on screen, you know, both character-wise and real-wise. So, yeah. Yeah. Blue? Finale? Dude, the finale, I thought, was freaking super brilliant. I loved it. I thought it was so well done. Um, the fact that they had so I was sitting, I was sitting in the living room watching the episode, right? And everybody's sitting there with me because we're all watching it. And as we're watching it, I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Um, I was very upset at the beginning because I was like, "Are they really just going to end it like this? Like a typical fucking like normal show?" Like, this is it. Todd's the bad guy. Like, okay, I guess. And then when she started going off the wall, I was like, wait, wait. Oh, this is good. And when it switched to that scene where it's the um the menu for Disney Plus and she breaks through it, I was like, fuck, yes. This is, yes. And uh, I was totally there for it for the rest of the time. Um, she brought up a lot of really good points. It was very meta. And the fact that she came through and she kind of just brought it all out to the table. Like, hey, you know, not everything has to be the same way. Not everything has to end like this and blah, blah, blah. But I think the point that comes to the biggest thing is that comic books have always been um, kind of like a gateway for uh, people to have their say, right? And comic books fit everybody because there's all sorts of books. If you want a certain type of story, you go to a certain type of hero. And I think that a lot of people forget that 
And a lot of these people who are coming into the MCU aren't aware, like, that's not just because all the, the heroes are in the same universe doesn't mean they all have the same type of story. And because of that, like, I love the fact that they're, they incorporated that into this as a narrative and they brought it out so blatantly in this finale of She-Hulk. You have different types of stories for different types of people, which is why the comic books do so well in the first place. If I want to watch a, a, a horror or listen, or read a horror thing, I'm going to go read books like, you know, The Moon Knight, where it's introspective and it's got horror elements. I'm going to go read a Blade comic. I'm going to go read, you know, a werewolf by night, something to that, you know, extent. And if I want something um, a little more espionage, I'm going to go read something with fucking Nick Fury or I'm going to read something with the fucking Black Widow because it's a different type of story. And if I want social justice, I'm going to go read the X-Men. Different stories for different things. And I love the fact that the She-Hulk finale, like, just really hit the nail on the head. It's like, hey... We don't have to fucking do it this way every goddamn time with every fucking piece of media that you guys create. You know, this is my story and my stakes are different than what their stakes are. Like, I, I'm not here to save the world. I have a life that I have to come to grips with. Like, let me have that. And uh, I, I fucking loved it. I love it. Indeed. I, uh, all those things like the, it was, it was so much, but like I said, then it makes sense because she breaks the fourth wall. And even before that, before everything gets bonkers, when, like, her life is going to hell and she's having to sell her apartment and move back into, like, her old childhood room with, like, funny posters from the 90s. That, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I knew that girl that lived in that room. Uh, <laughs> and, like, her exercise bike and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Sitting on her mom's, like, little weight. Like, every, everybody's mom's got them little weights. You're like, do they really do anything? I know you're toning up, but come on, mom. You could bump up five pounds. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's it's all going down. But she even looks at the camera and is like, is this is this really the show you want? Like, you know, before everything's going down, like she says it right there on the front. Like every time she breaks the fourth wall, it, it's uh, either illuminating or like, you know, right there in tone with those of us that were really enjoying the show. Uh, and then it just it goes bonkers and so self-referential, but also like happily critical like anticipating the commentary and addressing it in just such a wonderful, clever way where you're like, wow. Like, and I get it. It's not hard to figure out what the, the angry misogynists are going to feel. Uh, yeah. But being brave enough to address it and to literally have Todd in there who's like the the whole king of the asshat, you know, right there for everything. And like, I wondered why they kept showing Todd Phelps. And I was like, I don't really give a shit about this character. I fucking hate him. I was like, oh, okay. And, like, I don't like him as the big villain, but it doesn't matter because the show doesn't like him as the big villain and doesn't like where it was headed. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it worked because because the show gets it. And when everybody's showing up, you're just like, well, 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 okay, we're doing this, I guess. And as I was enjoying the show so much, I was prepared to, like, find a way to be okay with, like, how stupid it was. And be like, all right, you know, they did the best they could. It fell apart in the ninth episode. All right. But it didn't. And that's just a magic trick. 
Donnie Blaze. Freaking magic trick at the very end. They were really great at the end. It was like Donnie Blaze is just fire in its credits. <laughs> but uh yeah, it just wow. And like Danny, I get where you're coming from, like when it gets to her ending, how it's it's still a little strange, but I think that that makes sense as like because they went so wild and they they pulled the fabric so much getting kevin k-e-v-i-n to change ending doesn't fix that there's gonna be a little bit of bonkers left like daredevil just showing up in daylight suit looks great but makes no sense and it's awkward and like titania fixes it by being like hi and you're like <laughs> okay like yeah he has no idea why he's there it's just because you know jen got her ending she fixed a lot of things but it was so bonkers it's not completely fixable. Hulk's already there to like show up and like give his big explanation. So Scar has to show up. And you're like, what? Who? Ah, don't worry about it. Because in 2023, Universal loses the rights to the Hulk. And I think we have an announcement of an actual Hulk movie coming somewhere in the future. And maybe that'll all be explained and ironed out there. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it makes as much as I love it. I, I, bummed out mildly that the writer Jessica Gao who led the room had said that the show was written as a limited series and there are no guarantees that we'll get more but I really really hope because it's such a dang good show I don't want to just see like Jen show up in somebody else's movie or somebody else's show although Born Again would be fine she could show up in the Daredevil show that I mean, so she can smash yeah <laughs> but, what uh, about if she showed up in like the next Hulk movie but so this is this is a good segue into something that I, I won't have a lot of questions about. I like that Jen breaks the fourth wall. Daredevil three with Wolverine, hell to the yes. We're gonna get so much self-referential making fun of stuff and and I'm in for a penny in for a pound. It's the third movie. I wonder how Jen shows up in a grounded show and gets to stay the gen that we've established in these nine episodes. Because the second it's gritty and grounded and she turns to the camera and addresses me, I might take issue with that fourth wall breaking if it's not done right. You know what I mean? Now, mm -hmm. if, if She-Hulk's showing up in the Daredevil movie, please and thank you. It'll be lovely. You know what I mean? So I, I just wonder... Uh, but, I mean, She-Hulk doesn't break the fourth wall in every single one of her comics. The John Byrne run is the classic example. Uh, so she doesn't have to. But then again, it's so lovely, and I enjoyed it so much, that will I feel the absence of it if she's not doing it? So I do wonder how she fits. Like, does she just get to keep doing her own show and it works perfectly and doesn't really get to play in the greater continuity just because she's so meta? I don't know. And I, I hope to be proven lovingly wrong about any trepidation that i have but do you guys have any thoughts on that no i think you're absolutely right man i i, I think i would have a, a little problem if they don't do it right obviously you know but um totally forgot a big end game finale and like they're losing and she Hulk looks at the camera and is like kevin <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, i don't know i don't like it <laughs> I don't see them being that bad. I you know. I think there's a way that they could do it, honestly, to be frank. I think there's a way that to mix Jen and her styling is the same way they mixed in Guardians of the Galaxy and the rest of the MCU, right? Like, like tonal, like mixing, because I, I don't know. 
they've they've all had different storytelling tonally, and somehow they meld them all for Endgame and and Infinity War and whatnot. So I think there is a way through making it work, but there's a way to make it work where you can introduce Jen. Um, maybe if it's like a side side comment where she tries to break the fourth wall on Born Again, and then Matt's like, no, 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 this is my show. And they kind of steal, like, brings it back, like, no, 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 you don't do that here. You do that there. You don't do that here. And just checks her in a comedic <laughs> way. I think that'd be a good way to do it. But, like, I don't see her being like, oh, Kevin. Like, no, I just. I like, I, I, did, I did think of a really funny, like, panel from, like, Deadpool, where it's with Spider-Man. And all of a sudden, Deadpool starts talking to you as the reader. And Peter Parker's like, who are you talking to? And he's like, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be really funny, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's, yeah. so there's a way to do it. Yeah. So I mean, like they they've they've dealt with like that, like Deadpool, fourth wall breaking, and like other characters. I'm sure, there's more examples, but that's the only one that comes to mind. Um. But yeah, like, but I'm not I'm not terribly worried about it because in Kevin, I trust. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, I, Marvel has so much just credit at this point that like they could really do a stinker. And I would just be like, whatever, I can write that one off. Like it's it's not the bad because they've just done nothing but solid twenty something projects in the last decade or so. I mean, even their bad ones have not really been that bad. They're just and bad when you consider with all the other hits that it has to been followed by. But Marvel itself is nothing but good quality projects that have been true. To the comics, but not necessarily a direct representation of the comic. Um, except for She-Hulk. I think She-Hulk has been the closest thing to the comic book that we've gotten so far. See, I don't know if it's the, the closest to the comic book, but I think it's a really, really great, like, connection. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I get where you're coming from, Danny. Thank you. Yeah. I do have a question for you guys that sort of has to do with the finale, but also just has to do with the fact that I love me some Hulk. So... When Jen first goes to dinner with family, there's different family members and Ched. We didn't even talk about Chet or Chet or whatever. Her, her awful brother. Good. Yeah. Uh, but in at the dinner, Aunt Rebecca is one of the names in the credits or said in the show. Uh, if you're a big Hulk fan, you know that Rebecca is the name of Bruce's mother. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's in the comics, it's not in the MCU, but the death of Hulk's mommy is a big deal for the Hulk. It explains a lot about, like, his repressed rage and all that stuff, and of course there's things they haven't even done that involve his father that could be done, don't have to be done, but yeah. and But you could have an entire movie with some daddy issues with him and Scar and his back history that could be a lot of fun. Um but do you guys think that Aunt Rebecca, like, is Bruce's mom and it just wasn't even said because it wasn't his show? I'm hoping so, to be honest. Because if the Universal, like you said, the Universal contract is coming up, then they could really bring that in and just fuck up the Hulk, which is great. Like, bring him right back into rage mode and, like, oh, there's, there's a lot of stuff that they can do with it. So I'm hoping so. Okay. I just, it's a nerd thing, and it's something that I'm sure not a lot of people picked up on, but I was just like, oh, here's a question for the boys in the future. 
is Rebecca the one that was hitting on on Matt? No, no. She, I I don't know if I saw her at the. I'd have to go back and watch and like see that. Like apparently, I was reading something where they were saying like the actress they chose to play Aunt Rebecca is actually like a pretty big actress for just having like a little bitty role in something. So, yeah. But I, I I can't like I don't I haven't done my due diligence to go any further than that. So. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because, you know, it is it is his his cousin. So like somebody being at the at the family. Uh, so it could be Aunt Rebecca could be Rebecca Banner. It is possible. So who knows? Mm. Yeah. Uh, or it could just be an Aunt Rebecca and they don't care about like that backstory for the Hulk. You know what I mean? It's not like Rebecca is like it's not like her name is Sherazad. <laughs> Rebecca's <laughs> a pretty common biblical name. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't mention it, but like there was there was a for the very first mention of the Eternals in an MCU thing post Eternals, uh, and maybe a mention of Wolverine. Who knows? Yeah. So it was eagle-eyed Easter egg hunters that found it. I did not see it when I watched watched the thing because I was more caught on the clown college thing <laughs> that was yeah. on the same. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, apparently there is some news source that is interested in the stone man in the middle of the ocean, and and maybe a wolverine-esque style character in a bar so, so uh, if, if we're talking about eagle die um viewers uh i actually saw one the other day that i haven't brought up to you boys but i thought it was very clever so who's 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 jennifer's friend again the paralegal oh nikki uh, nikki nikki all right so there's a theory that nikki and Agatha are connected. Okay. So in one of the courtroom scenes, there I mean, one, I don't know why this stood out to this person because the whole show is about breaking the fourth wall. But there's a scene in the courtroom scene where Nikki makes eye contact with the camera and gives a wink, which is also kind of related to Agatha because Agatha would also look at the camera and wink. Like she would break the... But also the jewelry that she was wearing was almost the exact same jewelry and symbols that Agatha wore in WandaVision. And so she would have, like, a pendant. Uh, I'm sorry? I said, what the fuck? I need to go back and see that. Yeah. So she would have, like, a pendant that had the same style pentagram or whatever that Agatha had, and she's sporting the same thing. So she's probably Mephisto. <laughs> uh, she's, I don't think she's Mephisto, but uh, no, but, if, yeah. but that that the MCU doesn't make mistakes like that. That's not something they do. So if she had paraphernalia and she did wink at the camera, I remember her winking at the camera. Um, why didn't that raise any alarms in my freaking theorist brain? I don't know why. Because the whole show was about breaking the fourth wall. So if a side character broke the fourth wall, who's the who's the second yeah. guest? Uh, I, I gotta go look at all her all her outfits now. Let me see if I can figure it out while you guys vamp. I definitely uh I sent you guys two images of Deadpool breaking the fourth wall with other characters. My favorite is that he can't explain it to the ghost of Benjamin Franklin. And yes, friends, Deadpool interacted with the ghost of Benjamin Franklin quite a, quite a lot in several issues of the comic. <laughs> so yeah but i i sent those to you guys i might post the benjamin franklin one up on the ig but uh yeah like it blue while danny's looking it just was so fun 
Again, I'm yeah. I'm so happy that you enjoyed it because uh, yeah, like I mean, what's what's not to enjoy? It was just such a a breath of fresh air. And Phase Four, I've said it, it's Phase Tour. It's a whole bunch of different creators getting to tell Marvel stories in different ways, different styles, uh, different genres, and like showing us how much this world can expand in many different ways, whether it be the multiverse, whether it be horror, whether it be magic, uh, you know, whether it just be stylistically. Uh, there, it just it gave us so much. And some of the stuff that we loved from the you know the first three phases and then just whole bunch of new interesting things. It could go great, could go completely wrong. We shall see. Maybe the next time it's going completely wrong, we'll get another fourth wall break and blame KVIN. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, really, really interesting. Like, uh, it just, uh, it was good stuff. You find what you were looking for yet, Danny? No, but I might have to put myself on, put you guys on mute real quick while I watch this video to make sure it's the right video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Blue, uh, we're getting to final thoughts. So you go first. Well, um, overall, I think the show was very well done. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think they brought in a lot of Marvel characters that I had no idea they were going to have the balls to bring in, like, at all. I never in a million years would have guessed, oh, yeah, the Wrecking Crew is going to show up, and it's not going to be who you think, how you think it's going to be. Um, I, I would have guessed that it wouldn't have been what I thought, but I never would have guessed that. Um, a wrecking crew I, with four guys, but not who you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I sent it to the job. Uh, uh, I feel like they did uh, a wonderful job with all the jokes. Um, obviously, as any good comedian knows, not all the jokes always hit, but um, I enjoyed it. It didn't make it any less enjoyable. Uh, uh, I thought it was well done. Like, definitely up there for me. I really enjoyed it. Very nice. Danny, you want to go last thought? Uh, I missed the question because I had to put you guys on mute, so I didn't ruin it with audio. Oh, we're, we're just doing last thoughts on She-Hulk as we wrap it all up. So I thought She-Hulk was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that, you know, this format of picking the right amount of episodes, not a traditional 12 or 15 or 24, like just whatever the story needs. And if it needs nine episodes, let's just tell it nine episodes. If we need 15, let's tell it 15. Um, I, I don't feel like anything in this show was wasted. I think everything was important and integral into the short and the fabric of the storyline. And it weaved back and forth greatly, even Mr. Donnie Blaze himself. Um, and like, it was refreshing to see a show, an MCU show that wasn't, so dark and 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 just dreadful or or too suspenseful you know it wasn't espionage it wasn't the superhero dealing with depression or 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 grief or anything like that like it was just a fun comedic show yeah was there serious tones absolutely like what did it deal with social commentary about awful things like misogyny and revenge porn like yeah and like that shit sucks and it ruins people's lives and but did it do it in a light that was not dark like yeah they did and it was great indeed i think uh you guys encapsulated really well show was great i enjoyed the piss out of it i mean just 
by the sheer fact that we can easily do like almost two hours on the show and we could have talked longer if we wanted to like it just uh beat by beat just incredible and good uh i wish we could have gotten more but it, they did the sitcom thing so 30 to 38 minutes is what we got uh you want longer there's there's other shows out there although the marvel entries have been like you know concise like in the the 40 50 range you know what i mean in the long long end of these mcu things uh do you guys have any thoughts of rankings or does that not matter to you um i wouldn't put it in the rankings yet okay. i need to think more i don't i'm not doing rankings anymore we've discussed this <laughs> at some point too much to rank at some point a, i'm gonna make you <laughs> it's there's too much to rank and it, it's a disservice to great projects because something has to be at the bottom and I just don't feel like like Marvel projects at this point should be ranked low just because there's other better quality or personal preferences. Like everything's just been so amazing. Unless um, it's Iron Man 3, which me and Blue clearly established. I liked Iron Man. <laughs> Such a shame you weren't there for that CBM Defenders. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was listening to it and I was like, wow. I obviously did not see a lot of the bad, but I was like, you, I don't know. <laughs> that, that armor scene was really rad at the end. Well, you said that was rad. I know. Uh, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blue didn't even know there was a kid. <laughs> yeah, that kid was. I completely forgot. I pushed that kid so far out of my mind. Ugh. That kid was trash, but whatever. All right, bro. But I think we have a uh, Hulk smashed in a loving way. The She-Hulk show. So it's uh, to final plugs. Uh, Danny, you have none, right? I have the Laugh It Up Fuzzball page group on Facebook. Uh, the Fuzzballs group, plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. If, if you want to, oh. you want to talk to the Danny? That is your one and only avenue. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, yeah. unless you're Blue or Joe, then you have my number. But for the most part, everybody else can just message me there. Yeah, no, if you really have a burning question, you have to ask Danny. If you have a way to contact me or Blue, that is your other. Avenue, I suppose. <laughs> Although I have no interest in being like, hey, Daddy, this person asked me to ask you this. Like, that sounds like. Uh, depends on the question, because I know if it was a good one, you'd be like, Danny. <laughs> you <laughs> you are you are correct, sir. All right, Blue, what you got for the plugs? All right, so I've got my Instagram, which you can catch at Blue Wolf D. Um, artwork to come for the Inktober. Uh, slowly but surely, it will come out uh, probably at the end, like I did uh, for 2020. Um, just all of it in a big group at one time, <laughs> which is what I did last time. And then uh, I also would like to plug um, Capes and Caverns. Capes and Caverns. D&D, a superhero-inspired campaign going on with my good friend uh, Stephen uh, at silver bullet underscore bullet um you can catch them on twitch and on youtube as well so you can catch our first season and we are well into our second season now uh it's going pretty awesome we have our wonderful dm going on right now uh cameron jackson who was the officiant for my wedding as a matter of fact he's a super awesome guy um he is currently doing some live theater in oregon uh so we won't have it this week but probably uh not this coming week but probably the following week i believe they're out of show so yeah we'll, we'll probably have it then 
as well as my good friend Autumn, uh, who has been on this show as well. Um, it's a fantastic, wonderful crew. Uh, this season, we're doing a bunch of um, kind of newscasters set in the same exact world as we did for the first season. However, uh, we get into some pretty crazy shenanigans and uh, we gain some superpowers along the way. Uh, try to figure ourselves out in the meantime and uh, figure out what the world is going on around us. So pretty fun. There's a lot of zaniness, lots of character voices. Uh, our friend Autumn is a voice actress and uh, I'm doing my best to keep up. So uh, it's been a pretty fun time. And then, of course, Stephen himself is an actor uh, and a very good one, too, I might add. So expect a lot of zaniness, a lot of improvisation, and uh, it's pretty good. Uh, usually Mondays at about 8.30. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch, and that's 8.30 uh, Standard Pacific time. So, yeah, check us out. It's a fun time. Yeah, you guys love to do them voices. Even Dandy doing a voice on the Rancor Pits and Crate Dragons. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, as, as, as flamboyant as I can be and like to do stuff, I just I wasn't feeling the, the gruff, uh, gruff Trandoshan voice, but I guess that's me. Speaking of Trandoshans, John and I went to, uh, uh, what is it, Spirit, Spirit Halloween, and we found a Trandoshan mask, and we have been contemplating to each other whether or not to get it for you for oh. the Crate Dragons. That would be dope. Yeah. But you have to wear the mask during gameplay. Yeah, just to put you in the just to put you in the mood for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh that's I love in the comics whenever like Bosker and other Trandoshan toss like the, the S's, the long S's. Yep. <laughs> uh and I like seeing the Trandoshans in a Book of Boba Fett, so yeah. Good sauce. Also like seeing them bug-eyed when they're being choked out by a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, guys, you know the thing. Uh, Danny plugged the Laugh It Up Fuzzball Facebook group. I'll plug it again. Pluggity, pluggity, plug. Join. If you're on the Book of Faces, join. Laugh It Up Fuzzballs. It's a good time. Lots of people talking geeky. Um, send an email, laughitupfuzzballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anchor.fm slash laugh dash hit dash up dash fuzzball is the home. I appreciate all the stuff they do for free. Uh, you heard the ad at the beginning. You want to start your own podcast? Do it. Fair warning. It's not easy, but you can do it for, for a long time if you're dedicated to it. Uh, shit, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I'm a pretty busy fella, but I, I find I find the time. Uh, what else? And I, for the record, I don't do it without these lugheads right here, these lovable human beings. They they keep uh, they help keep the lights on. Um <laughs> For the record, I do not pay his bills. Well, and for the record, I am not a Motel Six. You, 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 you pay my creative. My name is not Tom Bohatton. I'm sorry. My, my creative energy bills. So when my when my creative energy is running low, I can I can count on you guys helping me along. Um, Hell what? yeah, can. What else? Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash it dash up dash fuzzball or go to tpublic.com and just type laugh it up fuzzball four words into the thing and you'll see some of our beautiful designs. Somebody bought a t-shirt and somebody bought a sticker and if it wasn't one of you two guys, I say thank you to that somebody. That's <laughs> yeah, it was not me. 
Well, that's that's righteous because literally two dollars and fifty cents, like hitting the thing that I don't touch unless I really need to pay a bill. That's happened before. <laughs> so, and uh, like that's that's two fifty shit. That's like six months of podcasting on Anchor. So, it's uh, <laughs> buy them stickers. You know what I mean? Like do do the cool things if you want, but uh, that's a that's a great way to support. Or you can go on Anchor and and if you want to just. Give money to the podcast. You can do it. I'm not. I'll I'll feel guilty if I'm being 100% honest, and then I'll put that money right in my bank. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think those are all the things at Wookie Red on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I I don't tweet all that much. I, I I'll get a wild hair up my my wild hair butt, and I'll uh, I'll do something. But Instagram, I'm pretty pretty solid. Several times a week, posting something funny. Uh, and that's like all. The, yeah, yeah. And I, I already have that uh, Benjamin Franklin Deadpool thing all queued up. So maybe there'll be two in one day. Ooh, living dangerously. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's there's more goodness coming from the fuzzy trilogy. Uh, we we have lots of ideas. We just wanted to get She Hulk out while it was fresh, and while we weren't like, oh, what was it about? So yeah, fresh as the Trandoshans would say, Ichuta Iwalawanka. But uh, I uh, appreciate each and every one of you listeners for listening. Hope you enjoyed this review. Hit us up on any of those places that we talked about if you want to to say how you feel about it. And uh, until the next iteration of the podcast, it's uh, Benjamin Bluefer Blue the Fourth, the Earl of Blueberry, <laughs> Thunder Schlong, or whatever his name was. <laughs> it was- Thunderdong. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to end with a laugh. Uh, Marshall Danny of the Greater Fuzzball Territories. I, I can't follow Thunder Slong. Lightning Cock. <laughs> <laughs> good old Lightning Cock. <laughs> you never, I never, you never know. The same place. <laughs> exactly. It's only going to strike once. <laughs> <laughs> And and me, uh, Joe the Wookie Riot, tribal chief of the Fuzzball Territories, uh, he of the earthquake ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Got Titan Key, but he's in for a shock when I strike him with bolts from my lightning rod cock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And with that, we say adieu, TTFN. Us out. I do. I do that, see that, you. That's just a great rhyme, Blue. That's a great oh, epic rap battle. What? Yeah, that was a great epic rap battle of history. Oh, hey. Because uh, the boys um, in the um, hood are always hard. Come talking that trash so, and we'll pull your car. No, nothing alive but to be legit. Don't quote me, Blue. I ain't said shit. <laughs>